Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence? Hello, and welcome to the final part of our Harry Potter retrospective. True to the books, and, well, not true to the books, but true to the films, we're splitting this one into two for pacing <laughs> reasons and content reasons. <laughs> so, uh, we covered Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, the other one, and Goblet of Fire. And now we're it's getting on to the stuff. It's the best. We're going, we're going with the David Yates half. Uh, so, Mason Merritt here, joined by Commander Josh Noodle. Hey. Say hi. And Commandant <laughs> Cody, Code Red Redfield. I'm like, Commandant, okay. Commandant. Cool. Hey, everybody. Bruv, or however the English Hey, say. bruv. You doing bruv? I love my, he's my brother. Anyways, they, nobody really says that in these. They, they, they enunciate nicely. Hmm, interesting. So, today we are here to talk about the last four, or last three, depending on where you stand, films in the Harry Potter saga, all of which were directed by David Yates, who is now... The Peter Jackson of the Harry Potter universe, except he's talented. Um, more recently, hey, buddy. I should say. What? I um, hate... Lord of the Rings Peter... is great. No, Lord of the Rings is great, but the Hobbit movies are garbage. They are absolute they're, terrible. They're not bad. The first one's really good. First one's okay, and the next, the second one is like okay, whatever. And then uh, I the saw the third one's the only bad one. I, I saw thirty minutes of it, about. and I wanted to die. For I think that's reasons. a bit excessive, but first, first two are good. But when he like when he's running up the staircase and he's defying gravity, can you? No, you well, can't explain. Well, that. we can. It's also just... called a fantasy movie. That's too. Yeah, fantasy. it's still it's still dumb. It's still really dumb. I'll go fine, and I'll go back to my franchise where people kill people with sticks. So fuck you, basically. <laughs> Death by stick. Death by stick with feather. Death um, by stick and saying some word in Latin. It's an, it's a spoken cantation or whatever. Uh, so today we're talking about the Harry Potter movies, five through eight-ish. And without further ado, let's get started with Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And right off the bat, the thing I think that sets this apart from all of them is that it's the only film not written by Steve Cloves. Yep. And a lot of people look at that as like a as not a bad thing. But it's they look at it as a it's good a, thing. It's not. I'm not so sure, but we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But just to to have that conversation shortly. But initial thoughts on Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Cody. I like this one. This is the one that it got really super dark for some reason, right? Mm-hmm. And it it's this is the one that begins with the Dementor attack. Yeah. On Dudley and his asshole friends. Mm-hmm. I love it. I like this movie a lot. Like, it's one of my favorites. That's all I gotta say for now. Okay, Josh. Uh, this is my least favorite of the whole franchise. Um, Hot what? take. <laughs> Why though? No, it's it's just. It's not that I don't like it. I actually really like it. Almost love it because it's Harry Potter. But like, I you said like the like they changed the screenwriter. I don't remember the guy who took over his name, but um. They, it just, it feels not, it just doesn't feel right. And the main, my main issue with it is the pacing because this movie has so much stuff it's throwing at you and it does it way too fast and wait and like not, doesn't give you enough time to really latch on to everything. Like what were some and, moments that you felt were breezed by? 
I mean, a lot of it. I mean, everything with Harry and the training. Every the honestly, the entire last battle I thought was breezed by too fast. I think everything dealing with Harry and the um, Harry and Snape in their uh, what's it called, Occlumenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it just fly. I mean, there's so much just in the first act. There's so much stuff that's happening, and the first act is done in like 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean. And then they're at Hogwarts, and it's like, okay, that's all solved. And it just it flies by. That being said, I still really like it. I ha- it has a lot of great things about it. I think David Gates did as good a job as he maybe could have done with a new screenwriter and the biggest book being the one he was making into a movie. Yeah. Um, so I-, I think he did a really good job for a first time, not just on the Harry Potter movies, but for a first time movie director because he never did any movies before this. Yeah, I've always um, I've always wondered where he where he came from. Really, I know, like I know he has he has a lot of credits with like British TV and stuff. But I just I've, I I love it, but I've never understood the jump you can make from directing uh, television special t- TV films and stuff like that to they, Harry Potter. It's David kind of Heyman, they kind he kind of did the same thing that Marvel did with like the Russo brothers, where he kind of just saw I don't know he I think he came in and did a pitch and he like. He sought after like kind of smaller talents that aren't like the big names like Alfonso Cuarón or um, Chris Columbus, and it just he liked what he had to say. He liked his vision of it, so that's how he got the job. Interesting. Except these movies are way better. This um, movie is nowhere near as good as Civil War. A million times better. No. no, the the battle, the perspective battle in each films. This one is way cooler. There's spells instead of punching. No. But anyways, I actually, I actually kind of like it for the reasons that you don't. Because I guess in an alternate universe, I would have really been interested to see a Harry Potter series written, all of them written in the way that this one is. Because I feel like as much as I love Steve Cloves and the work that he did, I do feel like sometimes he was, uh, he was trying to write the rewrite the books a little bit too much whereas Michael Goldenberg what I liked about this one is that it kind of it trimmed the fat a little bit and it sort of moved things along and didn't really spend that much time doing the fan service things which is which is okay and I, I've read I've read Order of the Phoenix plenty of times it's like my third or so favorite book um, so I know there's a lot of there's some stuff in there that they they graze over or just kind of move elsewhere like the Quidditch stuff but um but overall I think I think this is a much better it's an adaptation and less of a rewrite which is what how I end up feeling a lot of the other HP movies are and I really I really like that about it. I like I said I'd be really curious to see an eight-part Harry Potter series written like this and I think hmm. um I think it benefits from a different perspective and uh I just I really I really adore this movie it's one of my it's one of my favorites um, but let's talk a little bit about newcomers and who are just being rolled in by the bucket load. Uh, we saw Bellatrix is strange already, so Helen Bottom Carter. Let's talk about her because she does get a meteor role in this one. Do you guys think of HBC as uh, Bellatrix? This is the first one she was in. Oh, was it? Yeah, I thought she was in. She's mentioned in Prisoner of Azkaban. I think. I could have. No, uh, she's only, she's mentioned for the first time in this one. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, so, yeah, all right, my my memory's okay. So what do we think of Bellatrix, then? She's great. 
pretty good villain, yeah. Helena Bonham Carter, and she's amazing in it. I agree. This is like the least Tim Burton movie she's ever done, so that's good for her. <laughs> yeah, and I th- she's one of the she's one of those actors that she just improves with every uh, with every movie. And I really like, by by Hollows, she's just banana nuts. Great, oh, love God, her. I love her in that. Um, Michael Gammon, you guys felt that he kept improving and he got did he get better or stay the same? Yeah, he's. Body? I think he's better mm-hmm. in this than he was in the last two. Mm-hmm. I like. Uh, I like the passive aggressiveness of Dumbledore, and it's it's really it's kind of cool to see because we never really get to see him from an outsider's perspective. We always because we're always got the inside track with Harry, but in this movie, for reasons li- explained later in the movie, uh, through like uh, occlumency and stuff like that, uh, Dumbledore kept him at bay for a reason. This is the one where he's like a super dick, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I okay. really like that we get to see Dumbledore, how people that aren't Harry see him. It's just kind of a cool, it's a cool perspective. And I've, I've always, I feel like that's an underrated part of, uh, of this story. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, other newcomers, of course, Imelda Staunton. I mean. Oh, she's, she's the best. She, I think she's I the best part of the movie. than that, guys. Oh, Dolores Umbridge. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, but. No, I, I didn't study these movies as much as you did. You saying you haven't seen them seven times today, or just not today? Uh, no. Okay, <laughs> that's weird. But no, she's great. She's probably the best part of this movie. Yeah, that's, yeah. She's my favorite actor in the whole movie. Yeah, she's just so evil. I love her. Uh, and I, I've always, I've always liked the line: "Progress for the sake of progress should be discouraged." And I just, I was like, wow, that's so. That's just so you. It's so mean and makes no sense, but it's done out of like a fear of safety. And especially one of the best things that J.K. did, I think, in the books that, of course, translated the movies, is that not all not all evil people are Death Eaters. And I really, really like that uh, storytelling trope because it's there's a lot of shades of gray out there. Not quite fifty, but, but there's almost enough. fifty, right? Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I feel you. Damn it. <laughs> you made the joke before I could. Sorry. Did you guys were you ever confused about her when like when you didn't I guess know any better? Did you think that she was a Death Eater or what? I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't, think so. I don't think that went through my mind. It just no. Just trying to do her job just wasn't very I good just, at it. I just thought, yeah, I didn't think that she was just a bitch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's such a tricky thing to pull off the sweet e- evilness, and I just. Oof. I, I I don't think any you could praise her enough for the work that she did here. It's like my eleventh grade uh, <laughs> trick teacher. I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, okay. <laughs> um. So she yeah. So she adds a lot. Um. I, don't know, I probably my. I don't. Know, there's not really not many antagonists to really choose from, but she, I I like her in this. She's in the same breath as Voldemort, which is spooky, scary. Um. And I feel like she something I don't really tap on is that she probably likes him to a degree, but I'm, she admired uh, his purity. Oh, that's true. Oh, God, she's the worst. Uh, <laughs> any other newcomers? No. Uh, Luna. We have oh Luna, yeah, Luna. Say. Sorry about that. I forgot. Yeah. I feel like she's been here forever. <laughs> what a breath of fresh air. I love yeah. her. I love her. Yeah. I mean, she's just so sweet, and she's so weird, and she's so happy, and she's just unassuming. She's like, oh, how's it going? And 
She's super genuine, I feel. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, very... She's not trying, she has no ulterior motives when she's being nice to people. She's just being nice to people. Yeah. And it was just, it was great casting, too. I think um, Ivana Lynch did, I mean, she was perfect. Mm-hmm. She really was. Yeah, I love her. Uh, what are, what are the things you guys like about uh, Order of the Phoenix? Um, I like the Order of the Phoenix. The um, like the whole <laughs> the whole team um, who were introduced to like Kingsley, mm-hmm. um, Ta- uh, what's her name? Tonks. Tonks. Yeah. Fedora. Yeah. As um, there's the one other chick. Um, but yeah, the whole crew when you see them come together, like you introduce them the first time, it's like I don't know. It's like seeing a legend, but like for the first time like you'd only heard about but now you get to actually see um and then again seeing them in battle at the end even though i wish there was more of it and i think um they didn't showcase it enough um seeing them in action was great um the whole and again a lot i'm pretty much everything i like about this movie is i feel like there's not enough of it is the harry training stuff that stuff is amazing and I love watching Harry be a teacher, and it's like a progression of his character, and it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, and this is this is much more. Um, I mean, heavily it's it's a lot more heavily politicized than some of the other movies because it is a lot about, you know, the the sniff, sniffing of rebellion is kind of starting to come about with um with the Dumbledore's army and all that stuff, and they're yeah. a little bit more. I mean, Hermione. You really you see that scene on the bridge where she's just like, "Oh, breaking rules is awesome," and it's just it it kind of <laughs> steps it up a notch. And I always felt that this one, not just in the stakes of it and the visuals and stuff, but I just always felt that because of that, it this was much more adult and grown up. And I I've always, but but it's not like obnoxious or anything. And I I really appreciate that about it. Um, oh, I have a hot take that I've been meaning to dispel. Oh boy, this is a really hot take that like people. I know I've seen on the line like Reddit and whatnot that people get upset about. I you're ninety. I almost I'm I come really close to being outright not disgusted, but extremely annoyed by Hagrid in the books. He's better in the movies, what? but just yeah, in the books I f- just I hate him. I really do. What the oh boy? He's just Ooh. he's just so stupid. He's always getting stuff wrong, and he's just. He's just annoying. I don't know. He's a sweet giant old man. I know. I like him he's much. Just trying more. to help. He's way better in the movies. I'll tell you that. I I much prefer that because in the in the books he just comes off as a bumbling idiot that screws up all the time. I just can't stand him. He's always wrong. But that's my that's one of my only Harry Potter hot takes. Well, that I'm pretty I'm pretty ba- average. Come at me, bro. I don't care. Fight me. <laughs> Not a Hagrid fan. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Uh, uh, let's see. So let's talk a little bit about the f- the Battle of the Ministry. And this is one of the only times that I'm gonna like lament a loss from book to movie. And that there's there's a scene in the book where um there's like this they go into this room with like squids and there's like stars and stuff like that. I can't remember exactly what it is, but um I do feel like that might have been a missed opportunity just for from a visual sense. But I understand that would have slowed down the pace I- and all that. I have I have I have a book to movie thing. The, this is the one time I'll make it, and we'll get to it at the end of the thing. But I have one book to movie okay. complaint. So. With the Order of the Phoenix, yeah, we'll get it out now. Go crazy. Yeah, it's not till after, it's after the battle. Okay. Um. So, but I, other than that, I th- what do you guys think of the whole battle of the battle of the ministry? 
you guys enjoy that sequence? It's it, it's really I well remember done. Remember it. It's it's um, a, um and the I mean my favorite character dies. Right. So okay, that's it's the it's the part I'm thinking then. Um, oh. no, I really like that whole scene. I think, as someone who has read the book once in his life, I think it's a great scene mm-hmm. and one of the probably one of the best in the whole series. Yeah. The scene where uh, it was it was a lot like um remember when we were talking about the fourth movie? Yeah. I forgot what it was called. And yeah, Goblet of Fire. We got to that graveyard scene and everything was just happening real fast. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like that again, and I love that. Yeah. The Dumbledore versus Voldemort fight. Oh, it was amazing. Awesome. Like fighting with like water and fire and all this stuff. Sand it's really cool. That. Yeah, it's real it's visually amazing. Yeah, yeah. Dumb- I, I'm I'm psyched for Dumbledore v. Grindelwald, Dawn of Justice. I think that's going to be <laughs> – if it's anything like uh, Dumbledore and Voldemort, I'll be super, super psyched because that's just I, – I always just wonder what it would have been like to see Richard Harris in this scene. <laughs> True. Oh, it, it would have been awful, I bet. I think it would have been so cool because it would have been well, so unexpected. he would have been 80 at that point. So. Yeah, it, like would, seeing, it would not have gone well. But seeing someone that old be that badass, I think that would have been awesome. I think Michael Gambon's. I think he fits the role. Okay, he's he's old enough. Right? He's, he's, he's great. great I, he's not saying that he's bad. He's just he's, he's great. I just would have like I would have I would always like to see what that would have been like. Yeah, that's true. That would be interesting. Um, you've been probably been in a wheelchair to TBH or get a <laughs> get a body double. I don't know, but um, yeah, that 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 whole battle between Voldemort and Dumbledore is one of my favorites of the series. I just. It's easily my favorite scene of the movie. I mean, no doubt. It's just, it's so badass. And I like how they saved something like that. And they didn't, you know, because the temptation, of course, is to have a crazy wizard battle all the time and here and there and everywhere. But they they saved it until the end of movie and book five. And I I like that about it. It's 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 a good showing of restraint. Um, So, Josh... I think I yeah. can figure out what your qualm is now. So Sirius Black is killed. Yeah. Unfortunately. Is that where your book to movie no, thing is? No, actually no. Oh, okay. I think that was done fantastically. That's actually one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. I like I, I, I like how they didn't ha- just have a curtain cuz in the books he gets blasted with an unknown curse and he falls he basically trips yeah. and falls into a curtain and then that, that's how he dies. I was yeah. I thought that was kind of ridiculous, but yeah, I think the way that it's done with like how it's like the audio goes quiet and then there's the music is up and Harry's like just being held by by um Lupin and like the way they do that, I think that was a really great way to do his death scene. Mm -hmm. Um, What does he fall into? It's this. I think it's called a veil. Um, Super cool. It's I don't know. I don't. It's never you never really get explained how they actually work. But I, I hope that's I hope something like that comes up in Fantastic Beasts because I've I I've always I, been I kinda, fascinated I, by it. I kind of want it to just be like a mystery that we don't know. He just fell into it and he's gone. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, f- I just feel like we've got nothing to go on except that it's a big stone thing with smoke or a curtain or whatever. And it looks amazing. I'm not saying you have to like dive into <laughs> it all the way, but just like a conversation. What's about the lore? Nice. I need to know the lore. There's no lore. <laughs> It's loreless, fam. There's no deep lore. No, unfortunately. Oh no. It's a according to Harry Potter Wikia. It's the veil's reference to the to an English phrase beyond the veil, so, which is dying. Okay. Yeah, I could have figured that one out. It's just like it's what I'm here a for. A pathway to another world. 
I don't know. It's me. It's okay. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, what's your hot take? I, I'm curious. Okay. So after the battle, um, everything settles down, and you know they go back to Hogwarts, and uh, Voldemort is made to be real. The Ministry, they're freaking out now. Harry goes into Dumbledore's office, and in the book, there's a, this scene plays out differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't take away from the movie. None of the, anything I like don't like changes. It doesn't take away from the movie. I just think this is a giant missed opportunity, and this is the biggest missed opportunity that any of the books made or any of the movies made from not taking something from the book. Because there's a scene, the scene when Harry and Dumbledore are in Dumbledore's office and they're talking. Mm-hmm. In the book, Harry just because throughout the whole movie you see Harry's just having he's losing control of his anger and he's throwing tantrums and stuff some people get annoyed by that I think it's awesome I love no, seeing that here. I hate it when um, people rip on yeah, uh, Phoenix oh, rap he's like he's, he's a growing whiny teenager and he's growing as a character that's what they do yeah, he's got Voldemort like in his head <laughs> Ugh, drives me crazy um, but yeah so at the end of the movie that it was like in the book it's this big culmination of all that throughout the whole thing he just loses it. He starts throwing things around Dumbledore's office. He's yelling, screaming at Dumbledore so loud in anger. And Dumbledore is just sitting there. Take, he's not reacting anyway. He's just acting calmly. Mm-hmm. And finally, Harry, like, it's like a big moment for the two of them. And I think the way they did it in the movie is just, Harry, they just have a little conversation for a minute, and then it's over. And it, it doesn't, it's not bad in the movie. It's just... I so much that I think that not doing the way they did in the book was a mistake, and I think that would have been a much better way to handle the scene, and it would have added a lot to the movie as a whole and Harry's arc. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, my only thought with that, because I've I also really enjoy that scene in the book, but mm, my only thought of that is maybe they didn't think Daniel Radcliffe was quite there as an actor yet to be able to sell something not 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 to say that he's gives a bad performance or anything but i just don't know if at that time he could have pulled that off because like we do see a scene like that later in the tent in deathly hollows and i think i just think that they had to rework it just to suit his strengths and not exploit his weaknesses yeah but um but i do i do enjoy that scene as well um yeah it sucks that it's not in there you you book Pierce like Josh crazy. I there's also something I I heard there was a three hour cut of this movie at one point and I I really want to I hope that happens one day that it gets released. Yeah, those because... director's cuts they can't they can't sit on that gold mine for much longer. I feel I I just because this movie's like two hours and fifteen minutes and it sh- I think it should have been longer to help the pacing issues I have with it because if I, this movie was like way longer and more fleshed out I'd probably love it. It'd probably be one of my top three or top four. So. Right. Interesting. Well, I love it. Uh, so my favorite scene is the Voldemort v. Dumbledore Dawn of Justice. What are you? What are, what ones do you guys like? I like that whole ministry scene. I, I know it's kind of a cop out. Yeah, I like the whole thing. I, I can't. It's a good sequence, Josh. Um, I don't know. Um, Ooh. yeah, pro- probably the. Um, Runner up is when Harry gets possessed, and he was like, "I feel sorry for you." When to to evolve, that's a oh. that is a that is a great scene. Um, sees uh, Ron and Hermione laughing. Uh, I don't know. I might, I might have to change it to that one. Shit, <laughs> I love that scene. 
Um, I'll go with just Dumbledore versus Voldemort for now. I could probably think of a better one, but yeah, that's a great team. We're going to keep making that joke, aren't we? Obviously. Obviously. Uh, all right. Well, then let's move on. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Um, this is the movie that if you sat me down and said you have to watch a Harry Potter movie right now and you gave me my Blu-rays and said watch one, nine and a half times out of ten I'm watching Half-Blood Prince. I And on some days I can make the argument this is my favorite Harry Potter movie. It's it's always a back and forth with this and Deathly Hollows, but sometimes I just get in that mood where I just I can't get enough of the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, it's... So it's it's very close to being my favorite book and movie. But the movie especially, I find it so... I find it really refreshing and... I don't want to say quiet, but it's it's a subtle movie. And it's a perfect lead into the finale, really. They don't they don't try to do too much. It's a small story. It's it's kind of... It's, it's dealing with the sort of romance parts about being a teenager and about growing up and how somebody with the weight of responsibility that Harry has has to deal with, you know, growing up and figuring these things out. And I love how it's shot. The I think it's my favorite cinematography of the whole thing. I just it's some of the stuff in here is just, you know, jaw droppingly beautiful, like the cave at the very end. Be- Didn't so we good. have a whole big argument about We did. This is by far that, the best. That was was that over text or was that uh That was it that, that was the text. Air, right? was a, yeah. <laughs> but um so I, I this has my favorite cinematography. It's actually my second favorite score behind uh Sorcerer's Stone. Um I really like uh Alexandre Desplat's work. I think he's He didn't he didn't do this movie. Desplat? No, he didn't do this one. Are you sure? He, this was <laughs> Nicholas Hooper. Desplat did part one and part two of Deathly Hallows. I'm pretty sure. I will double check you on that one, but either way, it's awesome. Uh, Music. Oh, yeah, Hooper did do this one. Okay, well, he did a great job. I love him. Uh, Despot carried some stuff along with Hollows, but um, but yeah, I I, I just love this one. It's just so meditative almost it's like artsy and i like that about it. it's it's less of about the magic and more about the people it's i think it's what prisoner of azkaban should be more like uh when it was not in the movie form but it was written where it has that character stuff with harry and you know his love life and his dealing with his his fate i suppose while also giving some crucial background information about his nemesis and the the conflict that he ultimately has to have and i just this is the calm before the storm. It's like when you're standing outside and you can feel the electricity in the air and you can feel the the wind kind of howling and starting to pick up and you see the clouds coming over the hillside and it's they're dark and they're they're on their way and you just kind of got to batten down the hatches and wait for it. I just I love that about it. The sense of dread is perfect. But Cody, what do you think about Half-Blood Prince? I like it. I hate you. I, I think it's a good movie. I don't know what you want from me. Say, say it's um, the best. It's a, say it's the best it's one. It's not the best, though. Ah, it's not my favorite one, anyway. Okay. Um, no, I think it's great. All of the points you just made are still ring true. Ring true? Ring, ring true. Ring true. Here we go. We'll talk about storms. Um, so you confuse you. I'm sorry. I know. You fucked me up there, buddy. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, I think, yeah, it's a really well-shot movie. It's got a really great finale. And it leads into the uh, 
the real best movies Oof. really, really well. Okay. Good. Josh. Uh, it's it's great. It's a I think it's a really great movie. It's not probably not even in my top five. Um uh. but it's but it's it's awesome. I love it. Um I think I again I, I like you, I like the score a lot. I didn't like his score for Order of the Phoenix, um, but I think he turned things around for this one, so the music is great. Um and uh, yeah, the visuals outside of Prisoner of Azkaban, this is the best looking movie. Um and just everything uh what's his name? Tom Felton. His performance in this oh, is amazing. True. Oh, true. He's amazing in this movie. Yeah, the um, acting takes a big step up. Yeah, um, and I think and I think having Steve Close come back to write it really helped things in terms of pacing and the storytelling. I liked his style. I like his style way more. I think it, it's a nice return to that. And um, and yeah, just all, I think it's a really great movie. I have some, a little bit of issues with some of the comedy. I think mostly it's well-balanced, but some of it I think is a little too far. Ooh, like uh, what? Just some of the jokes, it's just like after a while, it's like. Which ones? I want, I'm curious. I no, love the not, comedy. Like, I, I, like, they're all funny, but I, I don't want all of them. I want them to scale it back. Hmm. This is also the the movie where things happen and sad things happen, especially. So I, I always I always welcome it. I, I love I love the comedy in this movie. It's it's again yeah, I, like uh like. Um, Order the Phoenix. It gets it always gets ripped on for its content, and I just never understood why. Because they're they're kids. Kids fall in love and have crushes and stuff, and it's it's not like it's Twilight without or anything a, like that. It's so it, serves, it serves as a reminder that yeah. they are kids. I feel like that gets yeah, so I, lost that these are even though these are you know at this point twenty or whatever year old actors, they're sixteen year old characters. It's, I I just oh, I love that about it. I like. I think it's for the most part it's well balanced because there's pretty much the, there's the three storylines. There's the romance, all that romance and comedy stuff, which is kind of a subplot. Then there's the Voldemort past stuff. Um, there's everything with Draco, mm-hmm. and um, I think there's one other thing going on. But it takes all these stories um, and kind of combines them and it balances them pretty well. I just wish the Voldemort stuff because it, it, sometimes it feels like it gets pushed to the side a little bit and i feel like maybe that could have been brought forward a little bit and yeah. push push some of the comedy stuff back i don't know but, I've, I've always liked the balance because you do get because we both get the the flashbacks and then the slughorn stuff as uh pretty great, constant though. reminders of uh of what exactly is happening and the the plot but uh as far as New folks go now. We need to bring it up. Jim Broadbent as Horace Slughorn. He's awesome. Yeah, Cody, what do you think about him? I don't even remember who he is. The fat guy, the potions professor that Harry has to hang out with. Yeah, I don't remember him. Okay, he's great though. He, he's he's a good he did guy. not leave. He obviously didn't leave that big of an impression on me. Okay, all right. Hm. Not saying that I'm not disparaging his work or anything. It's just mm-hmm. it's been years since i've seen this movie true uh one thing that i've i kind of was bummed out about uh kind of not so much in the book but just as far as the movie goes that i really wanted to see a little bit more of uh professor snape as uh defense against the dark arts teacher i just feel like that was such a long time yeah. coming and they, it did it get, yeah. got glazed it over in both they didn't parts do it at all yeah not so much but that's just that's a minor little right. There's a couple of scenes in the book, so it's not like that's a main focus in in the in the book version of this. But um, I just 
I feel I I always felt like that was this that might have been the only thing that could make him happy, and part of me sort of wanted to see that play out a little bit. But um, so as far as the teen romance stuff goes, that did that get on your nerves at all, or was that a welcome distraction? No, it's, it's necessary. I, mean, I like it. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. And uh, where do you guys fall on Lavender Brown? I gotta know. The Brown's girlfriend. She's annoying, but she's meant to be annoying. She's annoying, yeah, but that's the point. So she she works. I like her. Yeah. And not to disparage her at all before, but this is when uh, this is when her uh, Emma Watson became a full fledged. Oh my gosh, beautiful. This is this is the movie that I really fell in love and hard because I felt okay. I felt it felt acceptable. Um, something I, another thing I really like about this, I just love, I love how it looks, um, not just with the cinematography, but just the, the production design of it, and it's, a lot of it is, it's not all, but it's a very heavily Hogwarts of Christmas kind of a feel, which is (laughs) just the best, when it's all, everybody's wearing sweaters, and it's snowy, and it's cold, and all that kind of stuff, it's just, it's comfortable. Pause for a second here. Josh just shared a picture of Slughorn in our Skype conversation. You bet. I remember him. Okay. Any he cutie pie? He's he's he seems like a little teddy bear. I want to I want to hang out with him. Yeah, he's got a little little vest, little bow tie. He he can he's pull off the bow tie. Okay, because I hate bow ties, but that one's a good one. Why do you hate bow ties? I just I despise them. Why? I, they just look so stupid to just, me. They need a reason, bud. <laughs> I just don't you like bow ties. Have a hot take like that. <laughs> now you're gonna draw the line now. Me and my half bow tie, bow tie no, hot it's take. Not, it's not that I wear bow ties or just anything. Like, everybody, in yeah. case you were wondering, just, the people that wear bow ties drive me. They think that by wearing a bow tie, they're better than everybody, and they're special <laughs> when they're not. Just wear a tie like an adult, Jesus. Um, but anyways, no bow ties in this movie, thankfully, well, except for Slughorn. But like I said, except for him, and he gets away with it. Off. He gets away with it. Uh, let's talk about a little bit about the flashbacks. Um, these were a basically this was the this is what kept the plot sort of moving forward, even in a Voldemort less movie. As far as snaky uh, white Voldemort, um, <laughs> even though there is there is one moment that they kind of sneak in there with a, you see something. But what did you guys think of how these flashbacks were were done? Did you like the look, the feel, the um, they were the touch of cotton, yeah. Yeah. I was. So, I just, sorry. I was. <laughs> I was always struck with just how like smoky the past looked because obviously it looked a little bit different in Goblet of Fire and Chamber of Secrets for that matter. So they they changed it up a little bit, but I I like how hazy it is because memory shouldn't be that sharp. You know, there should be something to them that makes them kind of like a dream. But and when I, they pull out um, memories out of their temple, aren't they like smoky? Yeah. So I think that's part of the point. Yeah, and what do, you on guys, purpose. what do you guys think about the the creative decision to not have Harry in these memories? I think um, it makes more sense. Yeah, it works. I don't. I don't see why they would. Guess who wasn't there? Well, no, Harry, like in Harry. in secrets in chamber secrets and yeah, Goblet but that of Fire, was a, that he's was like a, sitting around. That was a different type of well, in Goblet yeah, it's of Fire. A different thing, yeah, again, it's that's a continuity with the Goblet of Fire one. It makes sense because that's just a continuity thing. The director chose to do it differently. But yeah, I'm just saying, do you guys the, like that change? Or you, did you feel I, like it should have been that all along? I, I think that it makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, I 
I don't know. I think it it, it works. I, I like it either way. The the Chamber of Secrets one doesn't. I don't think that has any effect on it though, because that was a different type of flashback. Okay, but with Goblet of Fire. No, <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I mean, I like it either way. Okay. Although the whole the way they go into it is weird, because in Goblet of Fire, Harry like falls down the hole or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in this one, he like they like transport into it. Mm-hmm. Like so, an outsider's, like an observer, not a participant. I guess I would, I, I, I would have liked a little more, just uh, like keeping consistent thing. But you know, other, other than that, I don't have a problem with mm-hmm. the way they did it either way. True. I just always that's that's probably the flashbacks are probably my favorite part about this movie. I just I love yeah I love getting that perspective and getting to see a younger Dumbledore <coughs> is also, is really nice. Um, kind of give kind of gives you a hint because that's. Uh, that's Dumbledore in, like the fifties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, let me check. So if the if the battle happened in nineteen forty five, let's see. He was so yeah. So Voldemort was born in eight nineteen twenty six. So he would have been. So that was. So don't that okay? So timeline wise, sure. Dumbledore would have visited him right in the thick of the Grindelwald stuff. Yeah. So that's the kind of Dumbledore we're looking at. Obviously not the exact one, but in the same range. Then they should just get Michael Gambon to come back and put him in makeup. I wouldn't be I'd be okay with that, TBH. I would be okay with that actually. I it really wouldn't be much of a stretch for for me. I mean, I really don't <laughs> care about that kind of stuff to be honest with you. Just just be the character. Stack like him, you you're good. Hmm. <laughs> but uh what do you would you guys think of a young Voldemort? Did he give you the willies? Do you think they He was great. Th- I think yeah, he they, he did a great job. Um, because the, the kid, at least the young, the the young, the little one, mm-hmm. um, he's the nephew of um Ray Fiennes. Right, hero. Um, I, yeah, and I thought he did a really great job. Um, but the other Voldemort, the um, uh, the, like the teenage one, mm-hmm. I thought he could have been better. And okay. projects that we've already seen him in Chamber of Secrets, and I would have liked to see that that actor come back. Right, but he's like but, he's like sixty now, at least. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he did a good job. I just think that other guy did him better. Yeah, I, I've always liked um, how like you know how in horror movies now we're sort of taught that, um, you know, creepy kids are creepy kids, and it's kind yeah. of like a tired sort of trope. You know. Mm-hmm. I love how this one is is the creepiest kid ever, but it's like it's not cheesy at all. Like you actually believe this kid is like fucking terrifying and scary, and it was just I I just kind of like how clever that was. And I did I think this movie overall took a lot of cues from horror movies, and like with the Inferi later on and the the creepy kid and the Katie Bell scene. Yeah, that know. was a great scene too. Yeah, I I love oh, it's so creepy. Uh, but let's let's talk about a few more specific areas, like the bathroom scene with uh, Draco yeah. and Harry. That kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> I don't I don't know that one. It's where Harry. Well, Harry the whole time Harry's suspecting Malfoy of being a Death Eater, and he's like following him around. So he follows him into a bathroom, and they have like a duel in there. And their wands out in the bathroom for Harambe, probably. Ringing any bells? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, a little bit, I guess. I mean, but. And Harry, like, he uses that spell that he learned from the book, and he, like, slices Draco up like crazy. Bad. 
You don't remember that? Not really, oh, but... Wow. You gotta revisit half I will prints. eventually. I That's need great. to own them first. Sorry. I think they're cheap. They're uh, they're cheap on Amazon. I think you can get the whole yeah, set for like thirty bucks. They're on sale for like forty dollars right oh, now. Great deal, ten out of ten. Um, but I, I've always I've always liked that scene. We never really get to. S- I like it when we do see Harry kind of tempt fate, I suppose, and kind of show his dark side. <laughs> Hold on, I guess I can watch it right now. <laughs> uh, but Josh, Josh, what do you have? All of these. Josh, what do you like about uh, the the bathroom? battle fight thing. um i think it's it's awesome it's probably one of the best parts of the movie um and just i love how there's like basically no dialogue at all during it and that in the end and even towards the end when snape comes in and he just like looks at him he he fixes the spell because you can like see it and alan rickman does a great job you can like after watching the movie you knowing he's the half-blood prince you understand his whole everything going through his mind yeah. in that scene um yeah, and just I think it's really well done. I think the lighting is really cool. The cinematography of it, it looks basically like it's a black and white scene. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've always, I've always been a fan of that. And it's 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 the weirdest thing is that it's we've we've been conditioned for so long to like despise Draco Malfoy, and then he finally kind of gets his due. And I felt I always felt terrible, and I always felt bad for him. And that's yeah. just that's just good filmmaking damn good filmmaking um yeah man great scene and just the the look that snape gives him like you said it's ugh, it says it all that's another that's a reason why rickman was such a great addition is that he can convey so much just by looking at somebody he's not disgusted he's more like surprised and concerned and yeah i, kinda, I just i like that uh, are we talking about which scene are we talking about now sorry i wasn't bathroom listening. yeah still bathroom still the bathroom scene yeah all it's right a great scene one of the best ones uh, let's see. I, I'm still watching it. I thought you moved on without me. No. I also like the... Do you guys like the Quidditch scenes? Are those a, a welcome yeah, distraction I, for you? Yeah, I like those. I wish I wish that had come back in the other two movies, but I get why they didn't. Um, what other but, two movies? The last like, two? Job, yeah. Like, what, Deathly Hallows? do they have time for that? Yeah, like, no, like, the previous two. Like oh, the right, right, right. Oh, okay. I wish they were, I wish they were, like, in it, but, like, I get why they weren't. They don't yeah. have time. Well, the Ron so, stuff was basically from Order of the Phoenix, so they kind of, yeah. they jumped yeah. around a little bit, which I don't um, know. Yeah, it, I think it works really well. Um, it adds, it's it's the comedy stuff that I like, mm-hmm. um, and it, it works, and it's funny, and it's it they, they kind of beef it up a bit because in the first three they're kind of like not they don't play it safe or anything but in this one it feels more like an actual sport yeah um and it's really like intense so i like that about it i agree the quidditch stuff is a plus 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 uh so cody now you kind of had a refresher thoughts on the bathroom scene hold on hold on okay still working in there it's at the end right um, I just got to that look you were talking about. Yeah. Um, that's pretty, it's pretty good. It's a very well shot scene. Mm-hmm. I love I it. I do enjoy it. Love it, love it. Um, let's see, anything else? Oh, there's a little piece of music. Um, uh, it's actually right after the bathroom scene where Ginny and Harry take the, the, his potions book that he'd been using to be a, like a good student and whatnot. We'll um, talk about them in a minute. Oh, really? Well, let's talk about yeah, it now. I, I, I well, it well, okay. Uh, Harry and Ginny. Uh, these two have no chemistry at all. What? Yeah. I don't know. 
All right. I bought the relationship. I like it. I didn't at all. It came out of nowhere, and they look like two pieces of wood. No, they look like a piece of wood and a piece of cardboard being forced together in oh, a relationship. Uh, Harry's the cardboard, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, that maybe makes... he's the maybe he's the wood. I don't know. Um, they're just—it's so awkward, and it doesn't work at all. And the that's that kiss scene between them is the most forced thing, and it just does not. I mean, honestly, the show and Harry stuff works better than this. And I just never bought it. It worked in the books, but it just, yeah, they just, I guess they got screwed. They had to use the actors they had and it just, I don't, I don't think it worked. I don't think the relationship between them feels real at all. Hmm. So, well, I disagree. I think it's, I think it's done nicely. It's not, I just don't think it's very, like I said, like a lot of this movie, it's just very kind of subliminal and subtle and not really that in your face where they're not, they're not they're not like Ron and Hermione that are that have that kind of magneticism towards them. I think they're just they're two kind of lonely, kind of depressed souls cuz Ginny's the youngest girl in the family of all boys and Harry's, you know, Harry. I just I don't I, I always felt like they found solace in each other. That maybe they're not the best. Maybe yeah, like, maybe at the end of the day Harry's not meant to be with her, but I think they they need each other. And I I thought that was conveyed uh conveyed well and I, I I do like I do like their acting and I, I just don't think that Harry's the kind of person to have that kind of chemistry with somebody like he's been broken by the whole Cedric and Cho and serious nonsense and you know I think she I don't, I don't know. know I think she responds to that I buy it I, I like it I think I think he had great chemistry with uh, Emma Watson I think they had much better chemistry than these two yeah I don't know I, I I'm not I don't really see chemistry where uh some people may. I just don't. It's not something that I really ever registers. But I don't know. I I, sh- I ship uh I ship Harry and Ginny. What can I say? <laughs> I hate you for saying that. I just ship so you know. Stop. What? I, I'm just I just ship them. That's this isn't Tumblr, okay? <laughs> ask ask them. They love Harry and Ginny. Uh, what do you guys? What do we think about the attack on the borough? Because it was. To me, it was always a like an unabashed. We need an action sequence because this movie doesn't have much of it. That's that's exactly what it is. Did you? Well, did like, that, that, that's, that's what the director said. Yeah. Did that bother you guys at all? No, because I think it's, no, it's it a, works for in the context of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it works, and I think it gets things. It keeps things from getting too too much being too much drama, not enough fantasy. Um, and I think it helps with the bringing things it's also just a good transition scene from mm-hmm. the things winding down to going back to the uh actual story and the Baltimore dumbledore stuff so yeah. i like how it reminds you the threat's still out there and yeah the gray back and bellatrix and all that and the scene yeah. when harry and jenny are sitting on the couch and ron sits between them was i always found that funny <laughs> petty but funny uh why wouldn't he want his best friend to date his sister i don't know it's weird. I can think It'd of weird. many good reasons. True. I think I think Ron is the MVP of this movie, well, uh, except for Michael Gambon, obviously. But overall, <laughs> I just, he I think he came the farthest uh, from any of the the main trio because Emma Watson was already she was going to be kind of, she started out really really good and then she just got progressively more awesome. Whereas he started out as like the worst actor, and I think by the end he really he he became really strong and 
this was like a this was his sort of moment of just reminding people that he was a really good actor before he had a chance to really show it in Deathly Hollows. And I've always I've always appreciated Rupert and I think he's I think he's a little he's a superstar. What do you guys think of his acting? He's great. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah. Everybody's real good in this movie. I can't think of a performance I don't like, but I obviously don't remember this movie as well as I thought I did. Yeah. <laughs> and it also continued to give the finger book to, book as well, give the finger to uh Remus Lupin, which was not I don't understand that. But he's basically Harry's ah, whatever. I'll get upset again. Um all right, so the cave. Holy shit, the cave. Awesome. Holy, 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 holy shit. Oh my god. I mean Wow. What about that <sighs> scene? Tell me, just talk about it, you guys. I want to hear what you think about it. Go it's to, awesome. Yeah. It's it's great. I mean it's, it works. It's really, really done well. Mm-hmm. Talk about a climax. That's Yeah. Mwah. It's not, um, it's not even a. It's like, it's not even a climax though. Like I, I love how this movie is, especially compared to Order of the Phoenix. It has these big battle sequences. It's just, it's, it's just kind of a couple of things happen, and they don't. There's nothing really that big about it. It's just, it feels like an indie movie. It really does. Half of Prince <laughs> I, is like I, an indie. I wouldn't movie. go that far. <laughs> to me, it does. It's all about the relationships, and yeah, there's wizard stuff going on, but it's, it's just so separated. And just kind of somber, and the, I think the cave scene is under un, under less intelligent direction. I think it could have been really over the top and stupid, but instead it just it's played as there's this weird cave, there's boats, there's dead people, and I I'm making you do this. And Michael Gammon's acting is flawless. It, uh, when he's drinking the potion and he's like losing his mind, it's like ah, geez, gets me every time. But uh, what do you guys think of his performance? He's amazing. It's great. Um, Richard <laughs> Harris could not do that. Yes, he could. No, he could not. Uh, no, I don't he, think so. I, I think he could. Um, he could not grovel and beg for death the way that Michael Gambon does in that scene. No. We, won't, we would never know until we saw it. It would be so disingenuous. We don't know. Because he can't. He's got no octaves to go to, unfortunately. Should have been Michael Game from the beginning. That's what he was been. so great. What is? Why do you hate him so much? I don't hate him, but I just he would have been a terrible fit for this movie, especially. Like, I don't you, think okay, so. you could get away with you know the battle and um, you could be creative with like the whole battle and with Voldemort, but with this, I mean, it's just there's no competition for me. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's he's he does an amazing job in this. Um, pretty much the entire last third of the movie, he's the star. He does the he's steals everything. He's just you, you really just feel for the guy, and it's awesome. And he's just he's always just so calm. And then when he, especially I don't know why I, I love this the moment after he does he conjures up the fire and to get the inferi away. Yeah, like he's just he has this moment where he's just standing up there and he's just wrecking stuff as the most powerful wizard ever. And then when Harry comes out of the water, he becomes meek again he's like oh harry harry thank you help like he's just like super just really kind of childlike just really happy to see him and uh, that's always it's just such a a tender moment and it just it really goes to show the kind of emotional weight that he carries around everywhere and it's it's 
it's heartbreaking. It really is, especially considering what happens next. Uh, yeah. are, you, are you guys aware that in the book, one of the ways that they had to make up for the lack of action is because in Half Footprints there was a battle at Hogwarts, much yep. like the final battle where there were Death Eaters and people were dueling and stuff was exploding, but they they didn't do that so they could make it mean more in the finale. Yeah, I know. I love that. I love that. That's such a good decision. Instead of like that's what that's what I love about this series. They say, "Oh, instead of doubling up, let's dial back and save it for later." To yeah, get a good yeah. To make it mean something. I like that too. Exactly. Oh, man. That's and uh, let me tell you, from reading the book, that is a thrilling scene. That those are some I mean, just from JK's descriptions. I mean, those are whew, those would have been really really good. But we'll never get the chance to see him and I'm I'm kind of happy for that. I don't know why I would be happy for less wizard battles, but here I am. Yeah, I'd rather have less ba- uh, battles that mean more than a bunch. True, 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 true. Because so, it's just like, guess what I'm about to bring it back to? You know how in the, uh, the prequel trilogies there's a lightsaber fight like every two minutes? Basically. Yeah. There's one per movie at most in the original trilogy. Right. Yep. And that it makes them mean more. That's so you're, just... So you're saying uh, Yoda jumping from, uh, like, launch, like, pad to pad against the Emperor doesn't do it for you? Oh, it, it does it for me. It just would have meant so more if his character. Yeah, that's true. That's not who Yoda's supposed to be. I agree. God, what a, what a mistake that was. Yoda should not fight. He should never fight. Ugh. No, he can fight, just no, he's a he force shouldn't. guy. He's not no, a lightsaber guy. He fights with the Force, does not use a lightsaber. Exactly. Especially not a little one. Like a tiny little Yoda <laughs> A lightsaber. little baby lightsaber. It's so ridiculous. Ah, what was George Lucas thinking? Uh, obviously, nothing. Um, I want to sell more toys. But if, if we give him a lightsaber, then we can sell more, more toys. I don't, I don't understand. Because he's a small little guy. Well, who's he going to fight? He's a small little Yoda. Well, who's he going to fight, George? Well, obviously, he's going to fight, fight Christopher. He's going to fight the fight Emperor. Christopher Lee. He's going to fight the, the Emperor, Emperor in the Senate. Oh, they're going to rise up into the Senate. People won't get it. It's, it's political subtext, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking George. I hate him. I hate him so much. Uh, it's subtext. Don't you know? He's just talking to his producer. Yeah, I exactly. can just imagine that. <laughs> With his, Are you stupid Stroking his neck beard and his, like, oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, so the death of Dumbledore. Here's my only... Cons- here's, here's the only book thing that it was in the books that I'm just like why not do this there should have been a goddamn funeral no yeah there should have no I like it better without it why what's I think the way they did it I think the the scene of them getting rid of the dark mark I think that works just as well I know that it added to Dumbledore's funeral because no, he's I... not just no because he's not just a wizard He's not just the headmaster of Hogwarts. They've had plenty of those. He is the most powerful wizard ever. Like, he is... He was, in many ways, the wizarding world's last hope at defeating Voldemort. Like, at this... If you think... Put it in this perspective. At that time, when Dumbledore died, they're like, Oh, my God. We had this safety blanket. We had a safety net. And it's gone. Like, he was the only... He's probably the only one that could defeat Voldemort. And now he's not here anymore. And you needed you needed a you needed the funeral scene to convey that you needed to convey the hopelessness because I, I I love how the movie ends ends with um with the th- with the three of them in the in the uh, astronomy tower 
talking about like how oh they're gonna do this together. Like that's a good ending, but I didn't. I love. I, I really needed to feel his his uh, his death a little bit more, not just in Hogwarts, but in this perspective of like Kingsley Shacklebolt and the Ministry and people like that and the Order of the Phoenix. That's just that's always bugged me, and that's that's the only time that I'm ever gonna get upset at a, at an omission. But well, to be fair, doesn't he come back in the next movie? Kind of. He does, but it's still he's lost from the Wizarding World. He's gone. Josh, what what do you think? Do you? I mean, I I don't really get it. I mean, I think it. I think that one scene where they're standing together after he dies works. That that conveys everything that I think it needs to. And I think that's perfectly. I think that's really all you needed. I didn't think you needed a funeral scene. I think it would have just dragged them. I think they would have done a Lord of the Rings Return of the King thing if they gave another funeral scene. Too many gonna, endings. Yeah, just be another ending scene. Yeah, see, I don't mind that. I think that would have worked. That would have worked great. Because yeah. it's because that's what the character deserves. Like obviously, with something like the Han Solo thing, you can't really do a funeral. But you're still when you have a body. I think it's I think it's important, and that scene. Again, it's in the books, but I th- it played out really, really well. And there were, like, mermaids, and people were coming to pay their respects. And I just, I, as somebody who knows the story and is familiar with the books and everything, I knew that this was the darkest moment they've had to grapple with. But I really wanted, I thought that really deserved to be visualized and just shown directly in the movies without being, like, well, obviously... From looking at this and this person's reaction, this was like a devastating loss. Like I really wanted to feel like the Wizarding World is almost without hope, or that they really like Harry's it, and they and even then they don't feel comfortable or whatever. So that's my only that's my only major uh, concern. I just I like to I like to feel his like I talked a little bit a little bit earlier in different contexts about voids and storytelling. I really wanted to feel that one a little bit in this movie because obviously you feel it in Deathly Hallows one, but I think Half Blood Prince might have needed it with like a scene in his office and then a scene at the uh, at the at his funeral. But I understand that some people may not feel like the same I do. But uh, maybe someday. Uh, Cody, do you have any? Are you swayed to either side? That it needs a funeral. Yeah. I think the movie ends fine. And uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione up on the watchtower. Do you think that was a a good way to end it? Did you guys yeah. feel that was appropriate? Yeah. 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 I think it, was, it ended on a softer note, and it worked mm-hmm. for the overall story. Uh, I agree. I I do think it was it was very sweet. But like, have them go from the funeral to Dumbledore's office, and then to the astronomy tower, and then it's not too. You're not like you're not tightening up and closing plot threads you're just giving it a few minutes to breathe and i do i feel like that's necessary sometimes not 80 times in lord of the rings where everybody hugs and whatnot but just just give <laughs> just give the audience a chance to both deal with a loss and then kind of give them an understanding of what it means for the story as a whole but all right uh favorite scene in half-blood prince cody why don't you start well i'm gonna go ahead and say the cave mm good josh um the not funeral but the kind of reminiscence like the the uh dark mark scene after he dies 
Uh, man, this is tough because it's I love it so much. I really like the. I really like the the first Dumbledore scene when he goes to meet Tom Riddle, like as a in the orphanage. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's that move that that scene is what this whole series comes down to. It's it's extending a helping hand to somebody and that doesn't deserve it really, and but doing it because it's the right thing to do. And I think that's that's important, and I I really like that. And also, it's spoopy. It's quite spoopy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Deathly Hollows. And question to you guys. Do you consider this to be one movie or two? I mean, it's like, really. Technically, it's two. It is two movies. Or it's one big movie. I mean, you could say that if if you say this is two mo- one movie, you could say the same about like Lord of the Rings since they were shot at once. True. I don't know. I always, cons- I always think that there's seven Harry Potter movies. But for, for argument's sake, we can go... Deathly Hallows 1, Deathly Hallows 2. So, Josh, initial thoughts on Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. Uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think peop- I think a lot of people say it's the one where nothing happens and it's really slow and boring. And I, I think those, those people are set up. I think those people are crazy. Um, this movie is amazing. I, I It's one of my favorites. Um, it's To me, this is the real calm before the storm. And it's the it's it might actually be even darker than Part 2. Because this movie is literally just death and sadness and darkness from beginning to end, um, and it actually it just gets darker as it goes along, mm-hmm. and it's the most adult of any of the movies. It's the most, um, I guess, mo- probably maybe most violent. Um, oh, definitely. Maybe maybe part two has a beat. I don't know, um, but the it's just so grim and so depressing but it works and that's not a negative thing sometimes that can be a bad thing but it works in this movie because there is a lot there is a lot of humor in it too um and that humor works well um and i love also i think as a storytelling standpoint it's the one of the more artistically um told ones especially scenes like the chase in the forest where Mm. it just goes like quiet um things like that throughout the whole movie and it's just a great um, calm before the storm, really sad, but um, really good setup for the final battle, and I love it. I think it's a great movie. And Emma Watson gives what I still think is an Oscar-worthy performance in it. She's amazing in it. Oh, Oscar-worthy? I think she is. <laughs> big okay. words. Those are big words. I, I honestly thought Ray Fiennes would get a nomination after Deathly Hallows 2, but I was wrong. Oh, well. His name is fucking Ralph. Uh, <laughs> sorry it bothers me so much that he's so pretentious he was m and voldemort and he's uh who is he in the, some movie oh and he's and he's uh but alfred he's the guy from the grand budapest hotel exactly he's I, he can call himself whatever he wants he's 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 earned it he's a good actor oh my god sorry that's like people with the name andrea going by andrea like Andrea Beaumont in Batman Mask of the Phantasm? There you go, Chief. You did it. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> Cody, what do you think uh, about Deathly Hallows Part 1? I like it a lot. This is the one where um, it's the setup, right? They're walking through the forest and stuff, and yeah, yeah. they're being um, influenced by the... Locket. What are those things called? Horcruxes. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool... Um, 
what a concept that they're getting corrupted because he's just so evil that everything that he like his soul is so corrupt that it starts corrupting other people. I think that's super cool. It's a really great concept. Um, no, yeah, I, I think it's a really good uh, lead up to the grand finale. Mm-hmm. And I do enjoy this movie quite a bit. Yeah. A lot of it, actually. And uh, it's just, it's, I always, I still find it weird when I watch this movie. It's like, well, where's Hogwarts? Where's where da- where dad at? I I why aren't we going to Hogwarts yet? And it, it's another thing about voids, man. They they work so well when you can use them right. In this one, it doesn't have Dumbledore and it doesn't have Hogwarts. So for that that's reason, how you know things are truly shitty. Yeah, and I I like that about it. And just kind of starting off the top, the scene when uh when everybody the order comes to pick up Harry and <laughs> where they with the seven Harrys with the uh, Fred and George. I mean, these are. These are some funny movies, and that scene of the Seven Harrys is all the evidence I need to support my point. With Fred and George doing, oh, we're identical, and Harry in the bra, and it's just, it's, it's so funny and so silly. Do you guys, do you guys like those that early scene? Yeah, I love it. It's really fun. And then Mad Eye dies. Rip. And then Hedwig <laughs> dies. Oh shit, I forgot oh, about yeah, that. Yeah, that one. that really that really yeah, I mean that really hit me hard. Um, Damn. Yeah. Rip Hedwig. A lot of death in this one, and then George, or oh, yeah. was it Fred or George who gets his ear blown off? I think uh, it was, George. It was George, that's right. God, that then sucks. one of them dies in the next one, right? Yeah, then Fred, Fred dies. Yeah. Ugh, God. Sad, 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 sad. Uh, we also do get a, to see Mad-Eye again, and he is great. He's, he's uh, I like how every, most other people on there just like crouching over their brooms with their, you know, uh, the brooms between their legs, but he's got like a... He's got like the the seat and the 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 foot holders or whatever like the uh, so he's so boss when he's just flying around, but I lo- I love that flying sequence. It's just so chaotic and crazy. And when Voldemort shows up and the he, he when he gets caught in the power lines, it's such a cool scene. Yeah, that was cool. Um, let's see. Uh, Ron's acting or just Rupert's acting. I kind of talked about this earlier. This is the chance that he got to, like, strut his stuff a little bit, and um, especially with that early... S- you know, actually, come to think, that that scene when Harry starts to leave, when he's like, I don't want anybody to die for me, and I'm just going to go on this alone, that's that's one great piece of acting. But I also found it kind of awkward how, at one point, it's just Ron talking, and then Harry's, like, dead dead in the eyes, and it's just walking away. <laughs> I always found that a little bit, a little bit strange. But uh, another great scene is when Hermione obliviates her parents, which is just uh, with the music and the pictures. It's just, uh, it's devastating. Man, wow, there's a lot of emotion in this movie, especially. Uh, what are what are the things do you guys like and want to talk about? Um, is this the one? This is not the one with the snake, right? Where. The snake literally kills somebody and goes inside their body, or is that the next one? No, this is the one. I love that scene. Yeah, that comes. I think that's so cool. The scene where, yeah, that part before that when Harry visits his parents, that Mm -hmm. really that's that's an amazing scene. I love that too. Yeah. Um, just everything. I love pretty much. I love how different this is from the other movies because it's not adventures at hogwarts it's just out in the real world trying not to die and it's i, I love it 
I agree. Um, and that, yeah, that scene in Godric's Hollow is just, I would love to live yeah. in Godric's Hollow. It looks so cozy and, you know, like a little pub in the... It looks kind of sad. It's, well, it's, I don't know. I think it's, it's nice. It's called England. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, if you like sunlight, England is not the place to be, I don't think. Um, let's, so, as far as the hollows go, I think, spoiler, my favorite scene of the whole thing is, um... The Tale of the Three Brothers. I love that scene. Uh, the animation yeah. that goes with it and just sort yeah. of the the repercussions of it. Because I always found it such a weird thing to add in at the last minute. Once we're like trying to get our minds wrapped around the whole Horcruxes thing, they just throw the hollows at you. And even when I, when I read the book for the first time, I was like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. But now that I've sort of gotten used to it and I've kind of wrapped my head around it, like I said, I just I find it so interesting it's just this this whole series is just a meditation on death and how people perceive it and what it means and i don't know it, you, this isn't exactly something you'd expect from uh what was intended to be a series of children's films but <laughs> i do like how she eased into it and then by now we're like you know kids are having to do, possibly having a grandparent or an aunt or uncle or something like they've most likely or a pet they've encountered death in some form and this movie is just these movies, especially and especially Hollows, is like kind of about that. It's like it's 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 only as scary as you let it be, and I think that was the main. I think that was the main thesis that J.K. was trying to convey. It's like it's nothing to fear, as long as you don't want to fear it, and I like that. But, anyways, uh, the jokes are fun. <laughs> Some good goofs, like with the ministry scene. <laughs> when, oh, uh, that's a great scene. That is, yeah, I, I enjoy that. Very, very funny. It's mu- some much needed comedy that may not get across in the books. But the the older trio, did they choose those people because they kind of look like them, or was that just a bonus so the audience can figure out who it, who's who? Um, probably that second one. Yeah, there's one. It's like, wow, you guys found people that look exactly like you. What a weird, what an amazing <laughs> coincidence. Like that, that the girl that Hermione turned into, she could be Emma Watson in like twenty years or something. I could buy that. <laughs> it was just, it was weird. Um, Dolores Umbridge, of course, came back, was as evil as ever, for, albeit briefly. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I still feel conflicted that she and I feel the same way about cats. Does that? What's that say about? Oh, no, it's okay. It, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Okay. Um. You can you can be a shitty person unlike cats. True, true. You can also be a shitty person like dogs. I heard Hitler liked dogs. Yeah, yikes. He liked a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, well, she's worse than Hitler, so. Whoa. Not by much, to be honest. He's she's pretty terrible. Did you see what she did to those those poor muggles? She's yeah. like, "No, you're lying. Who would you steal this from?" She's like, "I got it." She's like, "No, you stole it. Shut up." And she's like, "Uh, she's mean. I hate Dolores." <laughs> It's terrifying. Um, and so that's also another thing. I, I think something I love that J.K. Rowling does so well with her writing, um, and obviously they translated it over from the movies, but it's in her books, is that she does set up and pay off really, really well. Mm. Um, and this is just one of those cases where you – I mean this is a thing that you set up in two movies ago, and then you paid off with – it's just a line. When Harry – the must-not-tell-lies thing. Right. Um, they set up, set that big thing up in the Order of the Phoenix, and then it pays off at the end of the movie. 
but then they bring it back around for this one and it bites her in the ass and it's great and I love it. Um, and they do multiple things like that in other movies, but this is one of my favorite examples of it. Um, and it's just a fun, uh, whole fun scene, but it's really intense too. And the whole thing after that, where they go to the, the, uh, forest, um, because they couldn't go back to, um, Grimmel place. Yeah. Grimmel place. Yeah. Um, and then Ron, uh, got his arm, uh, like splinched. I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. And like, he's like bleeding and like feels like he's dying. It's really intense scene in her mind. Like again, Emma Watson's acting in that scene is amazing. Um, and that's one, that's one of my favorite moments too. Speaking of acting, something we talked about a couple episodes ago with the, uh, Goblet of Fire, uh, Ron's, Ron and Harry's second kind of blow up. Yeah. What did you guys think of that whole exchange between them when Ron's like, oh, you, fam you don't have a family? This, or... one, this one works a lot better. Uh, yeah, because there's an actual reason for them to be fighting. It's that they're being um, they're... influenced, right? No, it's. I mean, it's really just because they've been out in the woods for a while. Ron is. I mean, they're just they're exhausted. It's just because of nature, mm. really, human nature, I guess. Uh huh. Um, and I think it works really well. I like, and then the Daniel Radcliffe and Rupert Grint played this that that really that fight scene out really well. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's great. Yeah, I just the the doubt that just creeps in that these guys show through their acting is just so sober. Even Emma Watson, like she's, she's the one who obviously she tips her hand the least with like being unsure of what is going on, but she just does it politely. I suppose yeah. she is as she's still pretty depressed and like upset about everything. But, uh, where do we come down on the dancing scene between Harry and her? I, I love it. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Cody. Trying to remember it. Is it just where Harry seen in the middle and they're just dancing because they don't want to kill themselves because they're depressed? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. It's nice. I, some people hate that. And I don't get it. I yeah. I think it's just a lot of people hate it because it's something they added that wasn't in the book. So it's better. It's better yeah, for I that. I don't, I don't know. And that song, uh, "Oh Children" by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Yeah, if you never need it, to. If you ever need to think about your life and just take a drive <laughs> and put that song in. I need in. A, good, a good cry. Not even a good cry, just like somber reflection, really. I tell you the one thing, like, I know you all have one thing that you're sad that they took out of the movie mm -hmm. or that they didn't bring in from the book. I'm upset that they didn't um, go and visit Lockhart. And then they, um... They do that in the fifth book. Oh, yeah. That's the fifth book? I thought that Mundo's. was in, uh, Yeah. They also, throw, they, they also visit uh, Neville's parents. Yeah, I got confused. That's yeah. okay. You want to cut that out and add it into the fifth? <laughs> I would. I would. That would have been nice to be seen the fifth movie. I don't know. That'd been payoff. Yeah. Because Neville, Neville becomes <laughs> he becomes a hero later on. Yeah, and I Neville's the secret main character of this whole story. Yeah, Neville's awesome. Could have been Harry. Could have been Harry. Could have been Harry. Um. So the the dancing scene, I th I think it works too, and I especially like the, uh, like when Ron comes back and the kind of, he just brings he brings back a little bit more levity the whole thing when, and some comedy even then with uh, yeah. when Hermione's mad at him and he's kind of he's, like, he's overcompensating hey. and, uh, it's so brilliant, so brilliant, and then it all comes to hell when Malfoy Manor happens, but yeah. Uh, and, uh, before yeah, before we do get to the very the very end of part one, is there anything you guys want to talk about with uh, 
as far as the rest of the movie goes. Um, this is the part know, there, I remember the most. Yeah, there's one. Yeah, um, something also like it's this is this is this in part two are like a reunion of every cast member ever in a Harry Potter movie mm-hmm. because you bring back Dobby, who I love seeing at the beginning of this movie, and then you know not not as much at the end. Um, <laughs> um, and then Thanks. and then and then um, Ollivander, they bring him back, and that's I loved seeing him. Um, and there was one other guy, uh, the Goblin. Uh, oh, Hook, yeah. Yeah, I liked seeing that, and it just—I I loved how they brought things back. Um, as a fun little—I it mean, it's not really an Easter egg, but it's like it just—it brings things full circle. Mm. Um, and I love that about it. I agree. Uh, it's the greatest hits tour of the Harry Potter <laughs> universe. Just playing the hits, going to the, going to the places. So Malfoy Manor comes after the after the excellent uh, forest chase scene with the Snatchers. Uh, I, I especially love when the Snatchers sort of realize who they have. Uh, that's, yeah. that's a cool scene. Um, and of course, when Bellatrix takes credit for it, but just that scene in general, I mean, God. Do you, do you know when the movie was originally supposed to end? Uh, I think right before, right? No, it was supposed to end right when they got to the gate. Uh, it was gonna. She was going to say, get Draco, or she was going to cut to black right there. That would have been a good one. That would be a good way to end. I don't know. I feel like that would have been too. I, know, I think ripping out our hearts is kind of a, a better That's ending. A better I think, way to go. I, I think that would have, as far as like runtime, I guess, evened out part one and part two a little bit more. But I like, I like leaving part one on the beach. Yeah. In you know, solidarity, I suppose. So that's interesting. I didn't know. I did not know that. Hmm. Yeah. Curious. How do you that think actually... that would? What? That was like one of the things they had that as the ending until just a few months before the movie came out too. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. I really like how Hollows Two opens. We'll get to that. Um. So, uh, the Malfoy Manor is just is just intense. It's intense. It's terrifying. It is. It's huh. really it's disturbing. I get shook. I get shook. <laughs> um, the so scene. Shook. The scene where Hermione's being tortured, yeah. she's having a, her the mudblood carved into her arm. Ugh. Every time I watch that scene, I get really uncomfortable. Mm. Um, when I saw that for the first time, because I was like, how old was I when I saw that movie for some, like 16? Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I was so, because I, I, Harry Potter had been dark at that point. It was never that dark. Right. And when it when it got to that level, I was so uncomfortable watching it. I was like, but in a good way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's meant to make you feel really not not good. And um, Emma again, Emma Watson, she's amazing in the scene, and I think she sells it beautifully. So I agree. God, jeez. But even more so, I I can't imagine that was an easy thing for Helena Bottom Carter. I think they both had an no. equally terrible job. I don't know how they looked each other in the eyes that day on set. <laughs> I'm sure they kept them uh, away from each other so they don't, especially so Helena Bottom Carter doesn't like not go easy on her, but doesn't. Yeah, I guess go easy on her. And just kind of act. It's not like she was actually doing it. Too, I know, guys. but I'm saying just like it's a it's a movie. Don't I hate to bring intensity. it to you guys. This is all pretend. What? No. Oh. None of this actually happened. Prove it. Oh. Prove it, Muggle. Prove it. Um, I prefer Nomad. Nomad. Yeah, there we go. Sorry oh, about that. I still hate that name. I do, too. I love that. It's a minor I think it's great. Uh, 
because muggle's its own word. Nomad is just a combination. But like I said, it's we're dumb Americans, so it kind of makes sense that we have no creativity. True. Because we steal our culture from everyone else. But, um, and then Dobby dies, which is rough. Yeah. Yeah. Those are rough times. That's honestly, that might be the best. I think that might be the most well done death scene in any of the movies. Patrick. Can I just can I just get take one second? I don't. This is a trope and a cliche that comes up all the time, and I don't. I kind of. I understand why it's done, but I hate it. Is when somebody dies and somebody else closes their eyes. Like, have you ever touched your eye? It feels weird, and like you, they never (laughs) actually close them. They just like put their hand over them, and the dead person, you know, if it's a person, they usually just close them themselves. But it's just, I, I never understood that. You never, so like you never understood why they do that. I just don't understand why well, it's in just, every single movie ever that we have to close. I mean, their eyes. people do that in real life. Do they really? I I could not handle that. I really couldn't. I just, it makes me uncomfortable every time I see a movie where that happens. But I don't know. But you you want us to go see a dead body, Cody? There's one by the river. <laughs> can I be Will Wheaton? No, I want to be Will Wheaton. You can be Joaquin okay, Phoenix. Yeah. You can be a dick. All right, and then die. That's River early. Phoenix. Oh yeah, wrong. Wrong Phoenix. Did you know his last name's actually Bottom? It's Joaquin That's Bottom. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> he, you know why he changed it? So he why? could have a career? No, because he didn't want to be the butt of too many jokes. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Woo! All right. Um, so, yeah, back to Dobby's death. And end the podcast. I'm done. <laughs> so... Yeah, so Dobby dies and it sucks. It sucks, man. He's so sweet and he's so nice and he just want to help, wants to help Harry. Did, and he gets a knife you... in the heart every single time I watched it. I was like, maybe he'll get through it this time. Yeah, maybe the, maybe the knife it. will miss. When I I watch, I showed my roommate the movies for the first time like a year ago, and when he saw that, like he's not a guy that gets emotional towards anything. When he saw that, I could see he was about to like get pretty upset about it. When he saw, when you see Dobby, just like. You hear him go, Harry Potter, and he's like holding his stomach, like about to fall over, and you nice. see him from the back. He's like, "What? No!" Like yeah. it's it just the way the whole scene it plays out. It really, really, it's a really effective, and I love it. Um, I, think, I mean, pretty, I hate I hate it too, but I love it. I'm pretty sure watching that Not scene true. is when I is when I grew up uh, officially and became a an adult. <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" They literally killed the little cute character from your childhood. Yeah. Sheesh. Like that's if if they ever do something to Chewie, I know you guys are gonna fucking die. If, as long as they don't kill him with a moon, we're fine. That'd be great. That'd be so that'd be funny. Fucking awesome. Oh my god. A secret. I moon. so wish that was canon. I don't. I'm so happy they wiped that. <laughs> All right, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Actually, no favorite scene from Part One. Mine was Tale of the Three Brothers. What about you guys? Uh, um, I like the uh, Ministry scene. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is tough. Probably the Godric's Hollow scene. Yeah, when they're just walking around the graveyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Snake too, by the way. Yeah, Whew. that's an awesome scene. And the, like, like, that's such a cool idea. And I love how that when Harry and the Snake are like wrestling or whatever, they crash through a nurse, a baby's nursery. It's yeah, like, yo, that's great. I get the reference. Because Harry was a baby, and he died in a nursery. He was once a baby. Yeah, exactly. Good reference to Circle of Life. So, Deathly Hallows Part 2 comes, and holy shit, I was like, 
I, I every time I watch this, I'm shook. I'm shook to my <laughs> core. saying that. But, You've been spending too much time on Tumblr. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but this is the most, uh, for obvious reasons, the most emotional watch that I have of the of the whole thing, just for for many reasons. I don't know if I can, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pick a favorite scene out of it. I might have to do a two-way tie for obvious reasons, but Jesus, this is, this represents the best of blockbuster filmmaking. Like, nothing has ever, no final chapter of anything has been as affecting as Deathly Hallows 2. And I know it has a book to, behind it to support it, and you know, but comic book movies have comics, and there's always, you're always drawn from something, but for my money's worth, I've never, I've not seen a story come to a close in a better way on screen than than Deathly Hallows Part Two, mm-hmm. and especially not Return of the Jedi when there's Ewoks running around. Gotcha. That's a great movie. You shut it. It's okay. It's fine, but it's it's Deathly Hallows Part Two is better, but a million times better. Mm, I wouldn't go that far. So, what do you guys want to talk about first? Everything. <laughs> Just to start with the opening, I guess. Snape is headmaster. That's oh boy. Here we are. I, that just that scene when the kids are marching in line, it's all foggy, and he's just sort of standing there, kind of soaking it in. Ugh. Something I something I love, and I I love this about part one too, with Alexander Desplat's score. Yeah, um, yeah. The the music for these two movies is the only music in any of the franchises that comes close. It probably rivals the John Williams music. I agree. Um, it might it might even top it in some places but uh the theme that they create it's called lily's theme yeah um plays at the beginning of this movie and it's one of the best themes i've ever heard in a movie and i love it i I played that yeah i played that at the beginning of our academy award nominations episode the Mm -hmm. the morning after rickman passed away yeah or the morning of i guess and yeah yeah, that's that's on my spotify plays and whenever it plays i just kind of stop what i'm doing i just listen and soak it in it's yeah. such a it's such a beautiful piece of music. Yeah. Um Cody, any what what do you want to talk about? What I, I, I don't know. I what, like what about this movie do you like or not like? I like um everything about this movie. I think it is a very fitting conclusion to a very good uh set of movies. Great set of movies. <laughs> greatness. Absolutely. Hey, greatness. Dog, stop stop that. It's <laughs> It's also good how it just kind of jumps right in. Put it. You're polluting the audio. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't care. I'm here. <clears throat> oh, she's scratching herself. Savage. I need her to stop. Um, I like how it just um, I like how it just jumps right into the action. We just get no time to recoup. It's just no. It just starts with Gats. Like... Yeah, that we do a little bit in the in the yeah. shell cottage and whatnot. But for the most part, it's we're at Gringotts within like ten we minutes. We got shit or to do. Yeah, that's <laughs> the only. I think if I had to have one problem with this movie is it's not really a problem but like like i love how a movie pretty much just starts and it just goes and it just goes it doesn't take a break until it's over um i mean there it has this these character moments throughout but um i would have liked them maybe spend a little bit more time at shell cottage at the beginning of the movie just to get ease things into the whole thing a little bit more that's my only slight complaint i have about it Hmm. um so i just i just wish they maybe were took a little bit more time before jumping right into the Gringotts stuff, but that's, I mean, I don't really know what else they could do to add. Um, they, had, they had a couple of deleted scenes there, but, you know, that's about it. That's really all you can add, maybe two or three more minutes of stuff. So. Right. Yeah, there's not, there's really not that much in the book that would lend itself to 
elaboration, I suppose. But... I mean, maybe maybe a little bit more of a conversation with um, uh, Ollivander or Griphook, but I don't know. I, I like I like as is, but um, just I feel like there's there's just so much to get to that any time not spent moving things along and moving quickly would might might be not wasted time, but could have you know time could be better spent. Yeah, cause, and yeah, at the end of the day, I'd rather see the return to Hogwarts or more of the battle and not talk to Griphook or Griphook or whoever as much. So I don't know, just a minor, just a minor thing. But I, I understand what you're saying. Um, the I really, I really enjoy the Gringotts scene. It's not my favorite. I wouldn't say like it's, it's, it's just sort of okay. Um, but. I, I think they know they knew that with the whole with like the things that were expanding that, and that that scene was set up to make a ride at, at Universal. Yeah, I'm fine <laughs> with that. That's that's cool. Do what you need to do. I'll go. I'll give my money to anything you tell me to, J.K. Rowling. Seriously. Um, please please tell up, me what to buy. Whether it's charity or uh, fuzzy socks, I don't I don't care. I don't judge. But what's really important is when Harry and the guy and the gang returns to Hogwarts. I mean, wow. Yeah. Oh, wait, before that, what do you guys think about, uh, this is much more of a book thing, but how do you think they dealt with the whole Dumbledore backstory thing? Did you, too less, I, or too little, too much, or just I, right? I like the way they handled it, because they, well, they didn't handle it, let's be real. Um, they they pretty much cut it all out, but I, I think the way that they cut it out made sense, because Harry says, I don't care. I knew him as who he was, and that's all I care about. And it doesn't matter what he may or may not have done. And they just like move on from there. And I think that's a good way to both cut something out of the book to save time and to <clears throat> keep it true to Harry's character. Um, so I, I liked that they did it that way. Cody, too little, too much, just right. I think it's fine. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't remember ever thinking, God, I wish there was more of this. Right. And we're we're gonna get a movie about that, so yeah, exactly. Uh, but do you th- they absolutely didn't know that at the time, did they? No, I'm sure they. I'm sure they were aware. They had to some they degree. Had, yeah, because there's no way you're letting a cash cow like this just sort of sit there, especially with a <laughs> a dedicated and still growing fan base. So, I think I think that might have been more of a monetary decision than they than they might have let on. So. That's just my conspiracy theory, I suppose. Um, no, I do, I do like how they, I like how they handled the the Dumbledore stuff. It just, it was, it was mostly hinted at because, frankly, with the with the stuff that was in the book, you really, you can't really just show that very visually because it's just a lot of like story about who he was, and yeah. we get we get a little bit a little bit of that in Hollow's one with the party where the Ron's grandma or whatever, but. Um, and I, I like I like how they did. We got glimpses, and um, it was it was nice to hear about Dumbledore from somebody who didn't love like who think who didn't think he was the best person ever for a change. And we got that with the conversation with Aberforth, and they just they hinted to a lot of that pain. And I, and I appreciated that. I think that was that was clever. Um, so moving on to the trio's arrival at Hogwarts, did you guys notice that? Harry's worn that same like blue T-shirt the last like six movies in different scenes. <laughs> you don't yeah. ever find a T-shirt that you really really like? I do, but I'm also not, you know, a character in a multi-million dollar franchise, and it's just kind of funny to me that he wears his like 
favorite blue tea to the Battle of Hogwarts. I don't know. I just never under I just never understood that decision to I, have more blue T shirt a lot. I don't know. Maybe maybe he, he like has like a bunch of them and it's just like his closet is just like hangers with blue T shirts on them. <laughs> like Timmy Turner, where he's just the same yes, exactly. yes. or SpongeBob. <laughs> with a with a hat and a red shirt just like paired together. That'd be weird. I don't know. Some some little. Um so they go to Hogwarts, and I think probably the most shamelessly this is going to play well in the theater scene that is not even anywhere close to being in the books is when Harry disrupts the assembly and, like, announces himself to the school and, like, shit-talks Snape. It's awesome. That is so great. This I love is, like, it. his action movie moment. I, oh, yeah. I can't get enough. Did you, did, you see that, did you think that scene was cheesy, Cody, at all? No. No? I, it, fit, it fit in the world. That's so good. He just steps out and was like, <gasps> "The one hey, thing fuck I you guys there's yeah. a there's a deleted scene from the movie that I wish they had added in because it would have made things make a little more sense. Because you see Harry suddenly wearing a school uniform, right? And there's a scene where you see him like hiding away with the students, walking down to the great hall in the uniform. To I would have given that a little more context. Yeah, but see um, context, but. At the end of the day, what happened was still it, a surprise. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It works the way it is. It's just like something that could have maybe helped a little bit. But yeah, the scene as a whole works really well. And then you have McGonagall versus Snape. And that's the most badass thing. He always. I love how surprised he looks at what's happening. Yeah. He's like, you're not He's actually like, going to do this. And then she starts doing her thing. And then he does his stuff like, and bails. Just like, Shit, I have to deal with this now. Yeah, oh that's great. So great. <laughs> Who's uh, a better wizard? Snape, mm, probably. Snape. Yeah, he's pretty good. I, I want to say McConaughey, but I know it's Snape. Yeah, Snape's pretty strong. Um, I also, one of the things from reading the book to movie that I was curious as to how it would pan out is Voldemort's, like, PA announcements, <laughs> uh, which, like, started with the girls screaming, and then he just sort of kind of echoed throughout. Uh, I thought that was probably the closest thing to being kind of silly, but even then I was kind of, I was willing to go with it at least no it's something that people do though like it's to instill fear they're not uh he's not just doing it for fun no no he's I'm, proving I'm, a point. I'm fine with like him doing it i just the the way he did it i just thought was kind of like okay you're whispering it's just because in the in the book it's like oh Voldemort's just his voice booms throughout the castle or maybe that would have been even kind of in your face but i don't know it's just one of those little things. That... I blame Ralph Fiennes for this. Rafe, you mean? <laughs> I mean, Ray. I, fuck. I mean, Ralph. <laughs> no, it's Rafe. <laughs> it's Ralph. It's Rafe. What if I'm it's actually? Ralph. What if somebody called him Rafe as like a goof and it's just stuck? It's like, <laughs> like somebody in a press junket. It's like that, um, that, that substitute teacher skit from Keen Peel. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's a good one. Rafe Fiennes. <laughs> and then he just has a he has this moment in his head like, holy shit. This is it. This is good. This is it. I made it. But the Battle of Hogwarts. Oh, beautiful scene. The when the shield comes up, and then when Voldemort takes the other one, he just destroys it. Like, oh my gosh, so epic, so cool. Um, Did anything? What in that? What in that scene surprised you? If anything, in that whole in the battle, did you expect it to be? a certain way or for them to make a certain decision or were you just were you completely satisfied with how it went i was completely satisfied because i had no context josh as a book reader was there anything that kind of took you by surprise i mean 
not really surprised. It was just cool seeing like the statues come to life. That part of it. Oh, that's um, that's another moment I don't like is when she's like, "I always wanted to use that spell." Oh, you don't like that? I love that. I know. I it's cute and sweet, but I just that's a stupid joke, and I I think I, it's I think it's funny. Not a fan of um, it, but. <laughs> and I love I love all the teachers putting the thing up, and the the soldiers they're like storming the ground. It's really cool. Um, and the, with the music playing and it's really epic and it, you're just getting, it's like you, you're getting ready for battle along with all the characters and it's, it's really, really cool. Okay, here's my question. Mm-hmm. So Voldemort has this huge army, right? Yeah. Where do they all come from? Death don't Eaters? people generally don't like him? Mm, yeah. But if you think about it, the entire wizarding world in, um, Britain, they're, they're very small fractions of that being represented. So he doesn't have that many followers, but he he kind of rules from the shadows, basically, and he rules through fear. And as you know, fear is a great motivator. Okay, kind of keeps people I, I guess bag. that makes sense, but that seems like a lot of people. Like a lot of people. A lot of evil folks. They're like the re- they look like the reverse clan sometimes with all their they do. The I, black. That was the... that was probably your best joke from the first episode of this retrospective thanks thanks uh <laughs> but um yeah he also he's also got like trolls and stuff and i don't know he's he's, he's a pretty popular guy he's... i i guess i guess also they do i thought it was gen- i thought it was generally accepted that he people don't like him he also yeah, brainwashes but... people like imperious curse yeah. and whatnot so some of them probably don't even know what they're doing and See, some that, and some of them are just dicks so who cares some of them are just bad. Just bad. The Malfoys are just bad. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite pieces of music from this whole thing is the Courtyard Apocalypse track, which yeah. the the and then the drums and when they're running yeah. around fighting trolls yeah, and whatnot. That, that whole scene is great. Just seeing Hogwarts being destroyed and yeah. like there's like trolls climbing up the hills and like there's people flying around on brooms. There's fire everywhere. People are dying. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, so another question yeah. for my deep Harry Potter lore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's canon now that there are wizards in other countries. Yeah. yeah. What were they doing during this? Nothing. They didn't. They didn't know what was happening. Most likely. Because you can't. You don't think so? No. In two thousand and five, they couldn't figure out that. What two thousand five? This took place in like nineteen ninety one or something. Whatever the fuck. Okay, guys. <laughs> This, this movie did not take place in 1991. Yeah, it does. It takes place in the 90s. 98 is when it took place. I don't believe so. It just doesn't seem like that to me. Okay. They dress too modern for that. Okay. So no, uh, no scrunchies. Basically, is your is your I'm reasoning? Sorry, I mean, there's there's a telephone. There's the telephone had been vented at this point. Yeah. Right. It had. So. You're telling me that nobody has relations in other countries saying, oh, Voldemort's fucking shit up again. Maybe you could come and help me out. Well, they don't use a telephone. They're wizards. I don't think wizards use a telephone. They'll either app I'm going to quit. I'm quitting. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry I asked, guys. It's a fantasy world, bro. They don't yeah, use email. Yeah, fantasy world. It, uh, Just accept I it. think that they should have had an American, at least one American, come and help. But what do I know? Well, Amer- you know better than most. Americans politically are favoring isolationism unless they have to. Not in the nineties. <laughs> that's true. Gulf War fam. LOL. Uh, is that that's the right one, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. This is a I don't know. ten out of ten better war. Uh, let's so 
let uh, if you unless we have any you guys have anything else you want to talk about if you want to jump ahead to Snape's death um because like Russ, just I want to talk about just like the action in general oh yeah like I love how it's done because I mean it's not tr- it's not like traditional like big intense action scenes like they're really great action scenes but they're kind of like just in like happening throughout the whole movie it's not like focused on anything in specific yeah and I love that about it how it's kind of all just going down at once um such as like that whole like that, like you said like the camera pan across yeah and, like you're seeing everything happening mm-hmm. I love um, it this the yeah. scope of it is enormous yeah. it's beautiful and oh, the, the that other scene it happened before this but before the right before the battle um when Voldemort is talking to everyone he's speaking inside their heads yeah um i love that i think you when it, you introduce it by just having the little girl screaming right and then um you get everyone's like covering their heads and freaking out i love that about it um and i think also uh ray finds like or ralph finds whatever Rafe, Rafe, um, <laughs> Rafe, 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 Rafe. it's ralph um isn't even the name yeah it is it's his name Dumb name. <laughs> um, when he like just his like voice performance and like those that in those scenes where he's talking to people's heads, I think that's like really scary. I mm-hmm. think he does great in those. Yeah. So the room requirement scene's fun. Uh, yeah. The the kiss in the when Ron and Hermione kiss in the Chamber of Secrets that was that, that was, was good. That was cute. Um, they they're all smiling and stuff, but. When it really kicks into high gear is Snape's death and then the immediate aftermath. And, oh my god. The Pensieve scene, if we want to skip ahead a little bit, is the best. Like, it's the... You can't... I think that that's the best few minutes, or however many minutes that long, long that is, of filmmaking in the entire series. This is know. when it reveals that... Snape was a good guy. Yeah. He was kind of a good like, guy. Like no, he in love with Harry's mom. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I, I if I could go back to 2007 and talk to somebody before the book came out, that's that's what sucks about the internet not being as used in 2007 is I wanted to see the fan theories going into hollows, of people, what people thought would happen, and see how close or how far you away can, they were. You can still search those Reddit boards. at the forums, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a, it's a dark place, that Reddit, though. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's getting rough, but overall, that that the scene in the Pensieve, and then when Harry comes out of it, and you just see the the weight that it's put on him, and the this the battle scars, I guess, it's just so emotional. And that's the that's the first of about eight more super emotional scenes to come. So it's like <laughs> ah, this is too much. But what do you guys and, think about the Pensieve scene? It's, well, I want to go back for a second before that. Yeah, yeah. Snape's death scene. Oh, um, true. Yeah, it's just I think that was such an incredibly well done scene, and I I still think Alan Rickman should, could have uh, gotten a Best Supporting Actor nomination for that because he was amazing in it. Um, but yeah, that was a well done scene. But then yeah, moving forward to the Pensieve, um, might be my favorite scene of the movie. I don't know, it's up there. Yeah, it's and it's just so well done. Um, the way it just goes from beat to beat, and it all it does all this while also feeling like a. Um, a reflection on the whole series as a whole because you flash back to scenes from like Sorcerer's Stone and it's really really cool to see all it kind of come together and the scene where in the in the Pensieve where Snape is holding Lily's body 
oh, and just Jesus. cries. It's it's amazing. Oh boy, it's too really much. really heavy stuff. But... That one hurts. Yeah, way too much. Trigger warning. Yeah. That's what that shit I had. Um, but the Pensy you've seen in general, when just when the time comes, you want the boy to die. Like that's what it comes down to, and it just it's it puts the whole thing in context right before Harry's got to make a choice, and I think that's. It's so easy to dismiss these movies, and when in actuality they're just so dense and they're so thorough, and I, I, I just I love that about them. I think the Pensieve scene is is th- evidence of that these are just brilliant, just pieces of art, and just that just happen to be done on a enormous multi million dollar budget scale, <laughs> and that's just, I think that that is lost in some people, but that's. Uh, the Pensy scene, I think, is great because of that. And then the scene following that, when uh, when Hermione kind of when Harry learns that he's a Horcrux, and Hermione's like, I, "Shit, I've known I've known for a long time," and he's like, "Yeah, I know. I think we both have." It's just they've just got to. That's just stuff that they got to deal with and things that they have to face. And it's just, why, why didn't you hug Ron though? Because that's men don't hug because it's it's a sign of weakness, right? That's, that's yeah. He's not a woman. Yeah, exactly. God. We expect us to talk about our feelings. <laughs> and then the they next think... emotional gut punch comes in the forest when Harry realizes he has the resurrection stone and he talks to his yeah. his 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 dead family. <laughs> yeah, Tears. It's a great scene. The only problem I have with that scene is that it just kind of happens. Yeah, that's how. It, that's. I know, but it doesn't. I don't think it works that well in the book either. It's uh... just like. He uh, just know he just knows. Like I don't know. I think he it just works. Kinda, it, it's I don't know. It, it doesn't bother me because the scene that it leads to is incredible. But it's just he pulls out the snitch. He's like, okay, obviously this is the resurrection stone because reasons. And then he puts his mouth on it, and then it's the resurrection stone. And then he throws it on the ground, and uh, the end and sadness. Mm, I don't know. I've always. Granted, I'm I'm coming at it from I've read the books a ton, but I still I think it works because he does fuck around with the the snitch a, a lot in Deathly Hallows one, and there he's just like, oh maybe I can just let's try this out, you know? Let's eat it. Oh, but I'm wondering like why does he choose to do it then? Because he's about to die, and he's maybe he feels like it. I don't know. I don't know. It makes sense. I don't like it though. Makes sense to me, but it's 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 a great scene, so I'm not. I don't feel like it's worth yeah, getting it, upset it, over. Yeah. But, um, uh, so then Harry dies and goes to pseudo-heaven, kind of-ish. Hangs out with the big goes to, himself. Goes to wizard heaven. Yeah. Uh, I wish if I could go there. Um, <laughs> what did you guys... How did you feel about them being so overtly religious in that scene? I mean, I, I didn't look, think it was, I didn't get that from I didn't it. think it was very religious at all. Well, it's like the Dumbledore's kind of like portrayed in a, sort of a godly image in a way of like in the in his little That's I mean that's just kind of like that's it's what he looks like. I know. I know. It's just it's just a a narrative choice that they made. I found it interesting. Yeah. Cuz these are, you know, JK Rowling, she didn't really write these from like a faithish perspective, but they kind of she's talking about how they sort of evolved into that and it's her own dealing with like religion and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I just feel like it's an interesting perspective to bring. Um, but overall, 
Uh, what? How did you guys feel that scene played out? Because it's noticeably lacking from the book because Dumbledore explains a lot more and in the book than the movie where they just kind of talk about life, basically. So did you guys feel that that scene was necessary or did you feel like it was just like, oh, let's see Dumbledore one last time? Well, doesn't he convince Harry to keep going? In a way. So it's obvious. It's very necessary. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. All right. Necessary. Okay, good. I'm just checking because I've heard different things from different people, so you never know. I don't know. Well, what have have you heard? It's like, oh, he's just, I've basically heard that, oh, it's just a chance to see Dumbledore because they don't, they don't have as much to talk about because they left out his backstory or whatever. I I don't know. I don't think that at all. I think it's nice to see him. And he, they do talk a little bit. And then. The scene with a uh, aborted fetus Voldemort is spooky. <laughs> Sheesh, that's <laughs> that's that was one of the most harrowing images I think I've ever seen in these because it just oh, it, it just comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh wow, this is, oof. Looks... I mean, they're ju- it, it's just the same thing we got in Goblet of Fire. Yeah, but all covered in blood, like eek. I guess afterbirth or something. I don't know what the hell it is, but spooky, <laughs> spooky nonetheless. And then the. The, she leaves us with the, what she said to be her favorite line from the whole thing. It's like, of course it's happening inside your head, but why on earth should that mean it isn't real? And I, I love that line. I think that's, that's so that's beautiful in its own way. But, and then we get the, and here here's another one of my like minuscule kind of not complaints, just things I I wish they would would have done better is I really wanted there to be more of an audience with Harry and Voldemort's final confrontation. Like, in the book, it happens in the Great Hall. Like, they just... Harry jump, Harry basically jumps out of Hagrid's arms, and then they do... They just kind of walk around each other and talk, and then they uh, throw their spells at each other, and Voldemort dies in, in the Great Hall in front of everybody. I kind of wanted that. I just wanted to see the catharsis of it, of this guy just tumbling down in front of his followers and to see people see Harry win, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that would have been a good change to make? Or do you I like as I is? I think they both would have been fine. Yeah. As long as he ends up dead. True, true, true. I, I actually let... Oh, fuck. Hello. Just wait. I'm not answering that, so... Eddie, be quiet. <laughs> Is that a baby? It's my dog. It's just like a baby. <laughs> I don't know why she's crying. Are they dude. supposed That's to make sounds part. like that? I don't know. You've never heard a dog a, cry before? If, there, if there's a way, can we please keep that dog crying? Because yeah. that's hilarious. That's cute. That's a cutie pie. All right. Uh, so where were we? Let's see. Okay. All right. The so fight. The Voldemort versus Harry fight. <laughs> So, Josh, are you okay with the with the change to just Harry and Voldemort in the courtyard? Or? Yeah, I actually, I actually prefer it. Really, the way they do the movie. Yeah, um, I that? and people, I've had many people yell at me for this, and I don't care. Um, yeah, so in the in, like you said in the book, it's just like it's basically just like it's a verbal fight, and then they do a thing, and it's over, and it's they're surrounded by people. In the movie, it's an actual fight. And no, I, I actually I like that part of it. I w- I like that they didn't just talk and they kind of, 
you know, wrestled around yeah. and went about the castle. But I just wanted it to end up in the Great Hall. I'm fine with it ending up them ending up alone. I mean, I would have if they kind of did that kind of. You could have it both ways, where you know you have the big fight and then it ends up in the Great Hall. I would have been fine with that, but. I don't know. I like it that it's alone. It feels, I don't know, maybe it's just the location because it looks so cool and it feels right. And it's just like outside in the, in the front and front, right in front of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Right in the morning sun know. too. Yeah. And just like the cinematography of it and the way it was. That's a beautiful know. shot. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, what do you think about how he actually dies? Like the whole like confetti explosion thing. I think uh, it's fine. I'd rather him, like it never really made sense to me in the book that he would just be a body. Because, like, this guy is being tethered together. He, his soul has been slit, split seven ways. And yeah, he's just, that's what he's someone... He's a shell of a man, basically. That's what I saw someone, is that, like, at this point, he's not even, like, really alive. He's just, like, a body being held together by a bunch of objects. Right. And so, at this point, he's just... He should just fall apart. Um, And I like that they did it that way. So. Right. Okay. Uh, I agree. And, uh... Maybe it was just to show off the 3D because they were doing the 3D thing, but who cares? It's Harry Potter. They love us. They, yeah. they want remember, the best. remember how they canceled the 3D for part one and then they redid it for part two? No, I don't. I should <laughs> yeah, remember that. Really stupid thing. Oh well. oh, well. I can't believe some people were actually pissed at him for like, oh, you're splitting into two movies because you want money. It's yeah. like, no, it's for the better. They... That's, that's what they did with Twilight. and That was for uh, the better uh, as well, but in uh, a different way. Did you see the end of that? Those movies? No, I watched the I've first. I've never two seen I... any of them. the The ending to Breaking Dawn Part Two is the most ridiculous thing ever. Isn't it's... it? I remember seeing it. It's like a montage of the whole series or something. No, no, no. It's a it's a battle that happens that was all the dream to show. It's like they basically they show her what the battle would have been, where it's like it's kind of badass and everybody dies, and they're like, "That's what'll happen if we fight," so they don't fight. Wow, that's really <laughs> stupid. What a cop out. That's yeah. a stupid ending. Because, like, they already shot the battle scene, so just use it. I don't know. That's... Well, I'm sure it's the book, too. Yeah, Newsflash, but... Twilight is not a smart franchise. Breaking news. Tell your friends. Breaking Dawn. Shut up. Got him. <laughs> Speaking of Breaking Dawn, I love how this movie ends in with the morning sun, and it's a new day, <laughs> and it's beautiful. Yeah. I do. I appreciate it's that. Nice to, it's nice to have a Harry Potter movie that's just, like, it's not like a here's how it ends, but this is what's coming. It's like, no, this is, this is it. It's this over. This is the ending. Good job, everybody. We did it. I also think it's kind of amazing that Hollows 1 and Hollows 2 were made. They were married as one production and only cost $250 million. Like, that's and insane. 1.8 or 1.9 billion. Yeah. Like, yeah. the part one made $960 million, So, and then part two made over oh, a billion. Shit. It's... Yeah, money, 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 money. I didn't. I don't know why more movies don't do this where they shoot back to back. They'd save so much money. Oh, true. That's so st- well, probably scheduling because they mean, got these locked down. Like as mu- as much as Star Wars is probably going to be fine, they would have saved so much money if they'd shot episode seven, eight, nine all in one thing. Oh my god, that would have been insane. I'd have cried. I would have cried too. But then spoilers. Then they released and... it. They're going to release it year by year too. True. Probably. Well, they could, have, they could have still spaced them out. Anyways, pair back to Harry Potter. Here we are. <laughs> the final, back to the Harry Potter podcast. The final scene on platform nine and three quarters. Is it a waterworks for you guys as much as it is me? Uh, no. 
Hey, it's nice. It's a nice scene, but I have no heart, I, I guess. Lo- okay. I, I love the scene. Some people actually don't think it's a very good scene. Well, people don't like it. I, I no, people I, don't I, like I, it. I understand why some people don't like it, just because I can see why some people might find it cheesy. The only thing I don't like about it is how that ginger kid ruins the whole thing. The little walking dead motherfucker. <laughs> what? The Ron's son or whatever, Hugo. Yeah. He's just he's just kind of standing there with his dead eyes and just ruined never, <laughs> I don't think I've ever paid attention. Look to at the bottom things. half of the screen and tr- trust me, it's terrible. It's just uh, okay. it's so gross. Um, yeah, I think the makeup is done in the scene really well. Yeah, for the most part, some of it looks maybe a little silly, but it looked a lot worse when they before they did the reshoot of it. Mm. Um, so I don't know if you guys ever saw those set photos, but yeah, they looked really. It looked like. Like they were like pushing like fifty or six years old when they shot it for the first time, so they went back and redid it. <laughs> huh. Interesting. So, any last positives or negatives that you can take away from Deathly Hollows? Not it's really. Quite. I it's think this is an amazing movie. It's it's my second favorite. It could be argued as the best of the series. Yeah. So it's amazing. I love it. One of my all time favorites. True. Um. Favorite scene, then. Try to pick one, if you can. Uh, um, Harry V. Well, Voldemort, be... Don V. Justice. Oof, that's good. <laughs> Don V. Justice? Don of Justice, fuck! Oh. <laughs> Guys, I'm running on four hours of sleep, I'm sorry. Um, Try walking. <laughs> I would probably go with... I hate the... you so much, <laughs> I'm sorry. Probably go with the, the, the uh, Snape's memory scene. Yeah, me too. When it, when it, when push comes to shove, I can't deny that. So, let's really quickly give our official rankings of the Harry Potter series. So, who would like to start? I can if I'll you go. need. You want to go? Okay. Subject so start change, from the bottom. I'm pretty passionate about this. Just saying, you know. So, okay. so start from the bottom. It's um, I'm sure it's subject to change right now. Number eight is sitting at Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. Seven is Sorcerer's Stone. Six is Prisoner of Azkaban. Five is Goblet of Fire. Four is the Half-Blood Prince. Three is the Order of the Phoenix. And then two is Deathly Hallows 1, and then one is Deathly Hallows 2. Okay, Josh. All right, so number eight, I have Order of the Phoenix. Number seven, I have Sorcerer's Stone. Number six, I have... Half-Blood Prince. Yeesh. Number five, I have Chamber of Secrets. Number four, I have Goblet of Fire. Number three, Deathly Hallows Part 1. Number two, Deathly Hallows Part 2. And number one, Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm just going to mute that in editing. Anyways. <laughs> number eight, eight Azkaban, seven Sorcerer's Stone, six Chamber of Secrets. Number five, Goblet of Fire. Number four, Order of the Phoenix. Number three, Deathly Hallows 1. Number two, Half-Blood Prince. And number one, Deathly Hallows Part 2. This is my favorite franchise, and that will most likely never change. It will never change. It's my fave. And I'm sure that it goes the same for you as well. Absolutely. Totally. 100%. One hundo. So that's it. Harry Potter is done. It's over with. But I'm sure we'll talk about it. Plenty more to come because it is the best. And... Especially to yeah. rag on Prisoner of Azkaban because it deserves. Of course, it. this this fucking retrospect just makes me actually want to watch the movies again. So here we are. I'm in the mood. I'll get Give back to you. <laughs> All in one day. All in one day. Until next I'm not time, a Josh, Cody. Just because it's happening in your head, doesn't mean it's not real. So long.
Au revoir. Yay.